Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10, the Times of London's unique take on world events every day. Today, Alex Dibble and Cara Bentley with you. A Russian attack on Dnipro in January caused particular shock around the world and the Times has been back to the site of that bombing. Also, Robert Burns, the great Scottish poet, how his legacy was questioned after the death of George Floyd. And going to King Charles's coronation has cost a politician his job. In January this year, Dnipro, the Ukrainian city, was attacked by Russian forces. And, uh, Cara, I don't know if you remember the, the photo that went around the world of that mm. flat where you could just see this kitchen um, that was just completely exposed um, as a result of the bombing. Uh, 46 people were killed, and it was among the deadliest attacks on a residential building that the war has seen so far. Yeah, it was a nine-storey block, and this attack completely blew off the walls. And if you look at those pictures, it kind of looks like a doll's house or a theatre set with that kind of fourth wall removed, and you can just see inside these people's homes. The block was in a district called Victory Embankment, which is on the edge of the Dnipro River. And uh, four months on... The Times' Mark Bennett has been back there. Now, he is at the moment travelling across Ukraine, but he stopped on his journey to speak to us about his visit back to Dnipro. The remains of people's flats uh, open to the elements, so standing on the street below, you can see, for example, a cupboard, half-open cupboard with clothes inside, um, shelves on the wall of a kitchen with dishes still neatly stacked, books in a bookshelf, just kind of like the remnants of people's lives that were blown apart in January. And when you went back there, what did people tell you, people who are living in the shadow of that attack now? What was it like for them? What did they say? Um, well, it's been four months now, so uh, people are trying to get on with their lives. One woman was plant- planting flowers, uh, roses, tulips, but everyone said they kind of have trouble sleeping, especially on the nights when Russia intensifies his um, the amount of missiles and drones it sends to Dnipro, um, especially around the May 9th Victory Day parade in Moscow, there was an increase. People said that was a particularly nervy time for them. Children have been very stressed, as you can imagine, by the whole situation. They're kind of scared of loud noises. One man said his grandson's just terrified when he hears a loud noise now. 
so yeah, it's kind of a mixture of um, trying to get on with things and constant reminders of, of the horror. The final paragraph of Mark's article is a quote from a woman whose windows were blasted out of her building. But she says that Dnipro was still safer than other war-ravaged Ukrainian towns and cities, such as Bakhmut and Mariupol, which she says, compared to such places, we are living in paradise. Yeah, it's a really moving piece, isn't it? And uh, it is on the Times app now. Now, George Floyd is a name that needs no introduction, really. But one of the things that happened as a result of his murder in 2020 is that statues were defaced and removed across America of people who were supportive or associated with the slave trade. And this reached the UK as well with the toppling of the statue of Edward Colston in Bristol, a man who'd made money from slavery. Yeah, and I guess there was a big conversation, wasn't there, about statues, about people from the past, uh, who we want to celebrate and... Also, you know, whether we can hold our ancestors to the same standards that we hold people to today. And although this happened three years ago, this conversation isn't over. We've learned today that local governments, councils across the UK have been spending collectively £100,000 auditing their statues, street names and buildings. And it is also revealed that one statue that had a question mark over it was the statue of Robert Burns, uh, Scotland's beloved national poet. And that statue is at the Scottish National Portrait Gallery in Edinburgh. This story comes from The Times' James Beale, who joins us on the podcast now. James, why was Robert Burns included in this list? Well, it's a good question. He appears to have been included because he was once offered a job as a bookkeeper on a plantation in Jamaica. Um, But the report itself actually points out that he never took the job. His poems had become quite successful around the time um, just after he'd accepted the job. So he never, in fact, actually travelled to Jamaica or the Caribbean. Do you think there is any danger that the Robert Burns statue could be removed or even removed unofficially? No, no, not not at all. The The review concluded that nothing like that would happen. And in fact, the review heard from members of the public um, and included their responses in the review. And plenty of members of the public were at pains to point out that they didn't think Robert Burns should be there in the first place. So I don't think there's any danger of uh, that statue um, being taken down. And James, your article, James's article, uh, also reveals that one of the other statues that was investigated, if you like, was the statue of Billy Bremner, the, the great Scottish footballer who was a legend of Leeds United, and his statue was outside Ellen Road. But again, there was no suggestion that it had links to the slave trade or indeed to colonialism. Now, King Charles's coronation has resulted in a country's foreign minister resigning, and Cara is going to explain how. Well, Papua New Guinea's foreign minister, Justin Tachenko, was there with his daughter, Savannah, and she documented the trip on TikTok. So I literally packed my whole life into these two big suitcases. I'm so proud of myself because I have so much stuff. So I'm travelling with my dad, and our first stop was Singapore, and we checked into the first-class lounge where we had some Cosmos and some yummy food. Then we did some shopping around Singapore Airport at Hermes and Louis Vuitton. Those of you that know, Singapore Airport shopping is honestly so elite. 
So that's her highlighting her life of luxury, mm. but it received quite a bit of criticism. It did, indeed. And her dad, uh, the foreign minister, Justin Tchenko, um, responded to this criticism of his daughter by labelling her critics primitive animals, which sort of added fuel to the fire. And he has today been forced to resign. Now, the Times' Asia editor, Richard Lloyd Parry, has written an article about this, and it's on the Times website. He gave us the background to all this, uh, which began when the king sent an invitation to the coronation. The Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea didn't go. He sent his foreign minister, which, of course, is perfectly routine. And the foreign minister's spouse was invited. Now, she couldn't go for whatever reason. So he took along his oldest daughter instead. And she's a, uh, you know, and obviously in many ways, an impressive young woman. She's a, a law graduate. She went to an Australian university. Uh, so there was nothing strange in itself in that. But the whole trip did cost a lot. They were all flying first class. And the fact that she drew attention to it and kind of flaunted the luxurious aspects of this trip went down very badly. The problem is that she was being funded by the the Papua New Guinean taxpayer. And Papua New Guinea is a poor country where 40% of people live below the poverty line Only 20% of people have access to electricity. Scientists think they've seen the effects of the biggest space explosion ever. It's kind of hard to get your head around because it happened 8 billion years ago in a distant galaxy. Indeed, and the working theory is that it happened when a huge cloud of dust and uh, debris wandered into the path of a, as as you do when you're in space, um, of a supermassive black hole, and it reached twice the sun's surface temperature. Wow. The scale of this and the time scale is kind of baffling. So Chris Lintoff, Professor of Astrophysics at the University of Oxford, has told Times Radio that this isn't just exciting and big. It actually tells us something new about black holes. It turns out that black holes, which are these objects that light can't escape from, are really messy eaters. So what's happening is that this is material, perhaps a star, that's falling into the black hole. And as it does so, it heats up. And then that glows brighter than the rest of the galaxy. So this black hole lurks in the middle of a galaxy of maybe 100 billion stars, something like that. And this event, just this single flash of light, the single event outshone more than 100 billion suns. Well, I'm here with the foreign editor of The Times, Mike Smith, who can tell us what else they're working on. The Pope has uh, addressed Italians and urged them to have more babies. Um, He's speaking at a conference today with Giorgio Maloney, the Prime Minister. Uh, In particular, he's taken a shot at people who spend more time looking after pets than babies. He says it's a part of the Italian character that needs to change. And in France, a campaign is underway to save the traditional French campsite. Campaigners say that places where you used to be able to pitch a tent are being erased and in their place lots of static caravans are springing up and they say at risk is a key part of French culture. That is it. Thank you for joining us for The World in 10. And remember, if you're enjoying the journalism you're hearing on this podcast, do take out a Times digital subscription, which will give you full access to the Times website and app where there's all of this and lots more. 